0: Welcome back to A Good Word, Baptist Communicators podcast series for Christian communicators. I'm Jim Veneman, and today I'm joined by BCA President-elect Doug Rogers. Uh, Doug and our guest today have quite a history together, and I think it'll be fun to to have Doug with us uh, as well. But you know, among the benefits of being a part of an organization like BCA is the opportunity we have to grow through our relationship with other Members, Today we're going to have the chance to hear from someone with a long career commitment to electronic media, with a heart for missions and a commitment to the potential of digital media to tell a powerful story. Ron brought about many key firsts and introduced a media strategy that would bring stories to Southern Baptists in a whole new way. Ron's encouragement and vision has had a powerful impact on our convention, And we are very fortunate to have him as our guest today. I'm pretty sure the next few minutes will be a fun ride through some amazing memories, but also will provide ideas that are as relevant now as ever before. So Ron, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Jim,
1: and uh, and Doug. It's good to see you both. And um, and first of all, uh, that is quite the introduction because I don't know if uh, you know I've got all of those wonderful accolades that you just uh, <laughs> have just given me. But uh, but I'm honored that you're letting some of us older folks come back in and maybe share some some. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's wisdom or if it's just. Uh, just good stories of, of, uh, how we've been impacted and how we hopefully have done the Lord's work over many years. Uh, you know, it's amazing as I look back and I see where God has been involved with my life for very, a very long time. I, I go way back to when, uh, my, uh, uh, my parents, uh always had us in church, and we. Uh, my, my mom was always, it seems, the WMU director, and my dad was always the chairman of the deacons, and, and of course, that meant that we were always in church, and I was part of RAs, and I'll quickly say that RAs, and I believe in missions organizations, by the way, very, very much. RAs uh, really was the first time I felt God lead me to, and to say to me, that uh, maybe I have something for, for you in my kingdom. And I remember we had, uh, in fact, there's a name, Bob Banks, who by the way, was the, the uh, uh, RA director and Brotherhood director in Oklahoma, where I was from. And he, uh, he was my camp director and he ended up being at the Home mission board, the executive vice president uh, that, that I would get to reconnect many, many years later. but. I remember we would have these things called sealed orders and we would go out and we were told to sit under a tree and find where you couldn't see anybody else, but you would read scripture and you'd be asked to pray by yourself out there in the woods under a tree. And here you are eight or nine years old. And for 15 whole minutes, you had to sit there and do this. And it was quite the, (laughs) quite challenging for some of us. And, but you know, that was the first time that I felt God, speak to me to say i have maybe i've got something for you special in the kingdom and and so i go way back to those days Uh, later on of course i uh, uh just became a regular teenager in church and youth group and of course then eventually went to oklahoma state university where i was in journalism and broadcasting and learning uh learning the trade and feeling led to to do that i i thought it was fun it was just fun to do uh Uh, radio i was in radio and television and i was a disc jockey and and uh and so i was learning as well as uh, participating because we had an educational television uh, service inside of the university where we produced things for education eventually i went to a tv station down in texas worked a couple of years came back to oklahoma state taught and uh and worked as a producer, and I got to do some things that went to PBS nationally, and that was fun, and, and uh, <clears throat> so all of this was going, but the Lord kept working on me, and so I, I eventually uh, said, and I picked up my family, and we moved to Midwestern Seminary in Kansas City, so I could find out, I think it was more of an exploratory Find out what it is he wanted me to do. Is it a church position? Is it what is, Am I to be a missionary? What is it? You know, I kept feeling led to do that. So eventually, in that 1980, I was 32 years old, two kids, no job, just left Oklahoma and went to, to Midwestern. But 1982 came along, and the world sort of changed. That was when video was just starting to be available to come in a, in a consumer way through VHS tape. And I don't know if you remember those days or if Doug's even old enough to remember that, but, but uh, VHS tape. And so they were looking for people in the denomination to help, uh, use this new medium. So I, uh, I actually had three job offers. I was offered a job at home mission board at the, at the foreign mission board and the uh, radio TV commission. And uh, eventually took the, the home mission board position. And uh, for 38 years since I have been involved with uh, electronic communication uh, starting in those first days. I remember I walked into the office. My first project had nothing to do with video. I was doing film strips and cassette tapes. If you really got really fa- fancy, it was a, a film strip with a cassette tape, you know, that would narrate it. So uh, anyway, the, re- the rest is history. So 30, 38 years, nearly 40 years, I've been involved with, uh, with electronic communication. And, and it's been a real blessing. I have a, a verse of scripture that, that sort of led my way here. And I, I see it as my sort of motto verse out of Matthew 10, 27, This is the New Living Translation. What I tell you now in the darkness, shout abroad when daylight comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. I always felt like we had a message as the church, and that, of course, the gospel message, to shout from the housetops. And if there's a way that we could broadcast that, and I think that's what the calling is, get the word and the message out and uh, and helping the church fulfill its purposes Uh, you know there's whatever five or six purposes that we've read about in various books over the years and uh, and we're supposed to be about doing that as uh, communicators uh, in his kingdom and I also want to put in here I am a storyteller and I believe very much at first there was a discussion about should we have studio cameras and should we have talking heads and that kind of a medium. And I had already done many things in my previous uh, 10 years of experience that were telling the stories. And if we don't do that, Jesus told stories. He was the one that helped showed the way on that. And that was his primary way of teaching. And so I think we need to stick to, uh, to that kind of expression. That is, uh, telling the stories, whether it's about uh, missionaries helping poor people in West Virginia or in the south side of Chicago, or if it's evangelism projects that are effective, or what churches that are on mission, uh, those are the kinds of things we ought to be doing.
0: Ron, over the years, you've, you have had a lot of different experiences using a lot of different techniques and equipment, and and I you know, I can only imagine, you know, some of the challenges you faced along the way that to get people to come alongside you in your vision for what was was about to happen, but I'm wondering if if a, along the way, if there were some changes that were really significant in how in how you were going about telling the story. Well, there
1: <laughs> in 38 years, the changes are significant. I'll just go ahead and say it that way. I mean. Uh, Of course, technology has changed dramatically. We used to carry, just to do a video shoot, I think it was eight or nine heavy boxes of lights and cameras and recorders that were even detached from the cameras and, you know, all of these things. Uh, And those were the early days. We'd get three people, usually on a crew, just to be able to lug all that stuff around and shoot on the field. And of course today I can pick up my cell phone and, and shoot better quality video than I was shooting back then. So technology of course has been, it's just been amazing to be a part of that whole thing uh, to, to uh, like I said, start with a film strip and a, or a 16 millimeter film that we shot. I, I did one of my first big projects was like a mighty river, which was about the cooperative program. And, We went out and told stories of the cooperative program at work, but it was 16 millimeter film and it was a very different technology than we have today. But beyond the technology, I think that the most dramatic things that we ought to be uh, very much aware of and see at work are, is that everyone now is their own video guy. You know, we used to be the technical experts, but now, like I said, anybody with a cell phone can shoot a video and it can have a huge impact. From my cell phone, I can broadcast to the world that has a dramatic increase. Let's think about the, the person, whoever it was that was shooting this, this situation with George Floyd. Did they ever once think that uh, my video that I'm taking of this bad thing that's happening in front of us would impact the world like it has? And only in a, in a matter of 24 to 48 hours did the, you know, it was just huge. And the, so the speed of communication is so different and the, and here, and the biggest issue to me and and the thing we have to face is the volume of communication. How much is expected. I was, I was talking the other day with a, a, a former colleague of mine. He works in the state convention and, He's kind of a one-man band type of guy, and he had already, and of course, with the coronavirus, all of this is, uh, is uh, the reason for it happening, but he'd already done 200 and some odd projects, and it was only September, and those projects were, of course, everything from Zoom meetings that needed to be edited or, or deployed in some way uh, or, or you know, honest-to-goodness video stories or things like that, but he, it's just a volume of, of communication. We don't have time for it all. And so I think there's a, 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 we're sacrificing along the way quality and aesthetic too, is my observation. Now now that's an old timer speaking there. We don't really spend the time on quality and and doing things really, really well. Uh, We take kind of whatever happens. So those are some thoughts I have about the the dramatic changes that have happened over the years.
0: Ron, you've experienced so... Many things. Um, wow. I mean, you've done so much, you've been around so many things that were happening. you've you've seen these monstrous changes. Um, I'm just wondering, and it may be impossible to to do this, but um, I'm wondering if in the midst of of all those experiences you've you've had, is there one moment, is there one particular time that was sort of an aha experience? Uh, something that's really had an impact on you.
1: Mm-hmm. I could boy, I, you know, there, there's thousands of experiences, whether it be, uh, uh, just out on a shoot or uh, really, I was more of a manager. I had, we had four producers while I was at the home mission board and part of the time we were at the North American mission board and, and, uh, uh, so I was sort of managing them, but I did have the opportunities to get out in the field. You know, uh, there's one thing I would say to our communicators, our fellow, my fellow communicators in BCA and other places in the kingdom communication business. And that is that we too are ministers. I, I remember several times when missionaries that I was covering would say, uh, you know, I haven't spent any t- any more time with any of the people in my particular program area. Let's say it's church planting. Uh, I haven't spent as much time with them as I have with you. I you I would you know our shoots would take two maybe three days sometimes, and so we would hang out with these people, and we had the opportunity to minister, and and to, to pray with, and to just know them, and some of those experiences and those relationships carried on well into the future for me uh but the, the there's a couple of things one is i realized when we first started doing a thing called mission usa video magazine we were wondering if it was being effective mission usa magazine you may remember was the print magazine and we did mission usa video magazine and um we got letters of thanks from, uh, from people. And they'd say, thank you for providing this. It's really good. And that kind of thing. But one of those letters came in that really affirmed what we were doing. And it, and it, and it was interesting. This, this man from a small town in Georgia wrote us and he said, really appreciate all of what you do. We love the quality, and everything, but you know what we were a thousand or whatever the number was higher in our Annie Armstrong goal this year. And I can tell you why, because now, We're seeing what it really is all about where you're showing us what missions is by way of this video. So thank you. And so that was very affirming. And it also taught me a lesson of don't forget to say thanks and also acknowledge uh, uh, the fact that, that we do have a story to tell in our missionaries. And another one that is not very positive is that one time we spent several uh, meetings and planning times and, uh, and uh, actually a lot of time in production. One of the departments in our uh, organization at the Home Mission Board uh, enlisted volunteers and encouraged volunteerism. And they came in one time and said, we need a 30-minute video and we'd like to tell four or five stories across the nation of volunteers that are being really effective. So we planned and we We uh, spent time, maybe a month in shooting and a month in writing and editing and put a lot of producer time into it. And of course, there's the big day when they come into the edit room and they see the video for the first time and they say, wow, just what we needed. That's perfect, wonderful. And I look at them and I say, all right, so how are we gonna get this out there? And uh, we're gonna, you know, how many copies do we need to make? Well, give us five or seven, maybe eight, because whenever somebody calls, we'll send it out to them. And at that moment, which is not a, <laughs> a great thing to hear after all that investment of thousands of dollars of travel and, and going around that they wanted a few copies in the office. At that point, I be started to become a media strategist. And that eventually was my title and my role in the uh, North American Mission Board. I started asking the tough questions before we did a project. I started saying, now, how is this going to be deployed? Is this the right way, the right medium even to use? Do you really need a video to do what you're trying to do? All of those things. That did not make me popular with the ministry staff. They didn't want to be questioned, Uh, but I went ahead and did it because I felt like that's uh, our stewardship of the resources that were given was very important. So that's, those are a couple of I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but those are the, the stories that come to mind. That uh, affirmation story, but also maybe we need to make sure we're doing the right thing.
0: Ron, today you're talking to um, uh, primarily BCA members and BCA is an extremely diverse group. People are doing all kinds of things in communications. So for, for a group like this, how how would you encourage them in their work and in their ministry? You know, there's a. I'll just gonna throw these
1: out because I know our time is short. I, I, a couple of things that I've read and they're pretty dated at this point, but I, I would look back at at uh, for quality and for um, uh, gosh, just doing doing the right things. Well, uh, there's a fellow that uh, was very instrumental in a quality movement back in the eighties called Edwards Deming. And uh, I read a lot of him. These are secular uh, authors. Uh, I read a lot about him and that he was a systems guy. He, he said, do the right thing with systems and you'll do better. So I encourage people to look up that name and find some of his, uh, his uh, disciples and read from them. Also, uh, I remember something that was very impactful for me. And I know it's, he's a bit of a controversial figure because uh, um, he's a Mormon. And so, you know, we Baptists are not supposed to, to like them, but uh, bottom line is Stephen Covey, the seven habits of highly effective people, everything from being proactive to begin talk about strategy and planning begin with the end in mind, begin with the end in mind, or, do the first things first and seek first to understand somebody before you're understood. Those things like that come to mind. So look those guys up. But, but in general, I'm going to say that, uh, we need to just remember our calling and I hope that everyone that's uh, possibly listening to this and maybe is involved with a, a Christian communication of any sorts is that you feel a really deep sense of calling that God has put you here for a purpose and that you go back and you're, you're in the word and that you're, uh, you're looking, I, pr- I appreciate Doug, uh, leading us in prayer. As we started this, uh, that is very important. Our spiritual lives cannot be sacrificed to our vocational lives, our busyness in the vocation. So slow down and remember to do the best things you can, but in a, but keep that spiritual undergirding of God's calling in your life. And, uh, and just remember that uh, you know, if God's in it, and He gives you the strength and the power, that uh, that will do great things. I, I there was an illustration given in a book that I was reading the other day about the culture of today is this fast-moving stream going the wrong direction. Our culture is becoming more and more anti-church, if you haven't noticed, and um, uh, we're called to go out into that stream and at least hold the line, if not actually go up against it. And that takes a lot of God's energy, God's power in our lives. And so we need to always be in his word. And and we as communicators are, are, are so important to that whole process of how we potentially even affect
0: culture. Those are some thoughts, hope that helps. Ron, just a moment ago, you mentioned Doug. Uh, Doug Rogers has been in the background of of everything we've done today. Um, were, were it not for him, we would we would not be uh, uh, listening to this on on this day. <laughs> it wouldn't be happening. Um, but Doug, uh, the two of you have been friends for a long time, and a lot of the things that that we just heard, I I feel like uh, you were you were giving a positive nod to because you've experienced some of those same things. I'm just curious if, if you might have any thoughts or questions for Ron before we wrap this thing up. Oh, I have lots of things I could say.
2: No, I'm just kidding. No, Ron. <laughs> let's keep it. Let's keep it nice. <laughs> yeah, right. no, it's all gonna be nice. <laughs> okay. uh, and b- by the way, Ron mentioned the prayer. That was before we started the program. So if you're racking your brain, going, I don't remember a prayer that uh, that was a, uh, something we do before we start. Um, Ron, your comments about calling and, and ministry really resonate with me, um, and I'm so glad you brought that up because. Often that's what gets a communicator through uh, uh, the tough times is uh, knowing that this is a calling. It's not just a job or a career. And often I've uh, thought and shared with others, as you have, that this is ministry. We are blessed to use tools of communication and storytelling. Those are ministry tools, but first and foremost, it is ministry. And so thank you for pointing that out. In fact, I want to mention related to calling. In 1987, I was a 24-year-old Southwestern Seminary student in a still fairly young communications program at that seminary, looking at a career um, uh, in in, uh, uh, communications work uh, in religious and ministry communications. And in uh, April of 1987, my supervisor encouraged me to be a part of Baptist Communicators, well, BPRA, now BCA. And our first uh, workshop that I attended was in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I still remember... This will make you laugh, but the opportunity to go to a workshop led by the legendary Ron Lawson, who was the video producer for Missions USA. Now, I know, again, I know you laugh at that, but I think there's something to be said about the each generation coming along and the people who who uh, have established themselves and then others come along and are, and are mentored by them and invested by them. You mentored me without knowing it back in those days, even though we never worked side by side uh, any in our career. But the Lord opened up doors for us to gather uh, annually uh, as counterparts, and those have been so dear to me um, with you and many others. Uh, as we've met every December or January. So I say all that to say, first of all, thank you for the investment you put into a young seminary student's life without even knowing it in the years since then. Uh, But I also want to ask you related to that, talk about the importance of these connections of, of mentoring, of investing in the next generation, uh, of, of gathering, um, whether it's online or in person like we have, talk about the value that's had to you and the value that maybe some of our members now can think about in terms of, of uh, investing in, in those coming behind us.
1: Well, if you can see what I'm holding up right now, there's all kinds of notes that I have. And one of them is keep up with the network on that. How can I encourage? Uh, I've, I felt like we were going long, but I, I just wanted to, to say, and I thank you for uh, pointing it out. Networking is so important. I, I'm, I'm a big believer that it takes uh, the fellowship of the, the Christian fellowship that we enjoy and the camaraderie we enjoy and the support that we give uh, to each other in the various aspects of BCA and our, our uh, electronic media group that meets, like you were saying, every end of year or first of the year. And, uh, and it's just been invaluable to know that I'm not in this alone. You know, sometimes you feel like you're just by yourself. I think even more so today, I think that there's a lot of people just, they're the only one that's doing this, you know, or they're only, there's only a handful of folks. So do whatever you can to connect up and to, uh, and to have that network of people, uh, pray for each other, know each other, know each other. We spent quality time, not only just learning and in, in sort of, uh, the, the, uh, the business side of it, but just the personal side of it, of having a meal together. Or I remember Ty Wood and I would always get together and we would just share how our lives were going. And we would, I've been with him several times since then, you know, to, uh, to have a meal maybe when I was in Florida or something. And so those are just the kinds of, uh, of relationships that are so valuable and help me certainly and I, I would pray that it would help others to uh, to connect up as part of a family of communicators
2: and let me ask just one other thought I don't even know that there's one answer to this but you mentioned um, the, the fast-paced nature everyone's a video producer and, and that's exactly right and the um, now all the varieties of ways that we communicate and yet the importance of focusing on story uh, storytelling and ministry do you have one Board of advice or just one thought what is a good way to stay centered on that purpose on that um, on that uh, storytelling uh, the value of it and the ministry aspect of it when we do seem to be overwhelmed at times I got to get this story on social media I got to do this we're tempted to you know do shortcuts like you said in quality what is one word that you might say just to encourage somebody to stay focused on that
1: You're putting me on the spot. Um, I I don't know how you guys are doing it nowadays. (laughs) You know, I have uh, I've been retired. I've retired for two organizations. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's I'm I'm a little bit out of touch with it. I know that there's a lot of pressure for volume. There seems to be speed and volume. Let's get this out tomorrow. Let's get it out and lots of it. And uh, my only advice is, and use the influences that you can have in terms, and I never really got to some of the points I wanted to make about strategy. Use the influence you have in your organization to do the right things. And part of that, I have to say, is slow down and be effective with what you do. Volume does not make up, in my opinion, for quality of the storytelling and the things that you're talking about a lot of it oftentimes turns into talking heads. Let's go out and shoot this interview and come back and put it on online. You know, it takes more than that. It takes, uh, I don't know, spending time and we've lost that. Does that help us? I don't know because you still have people up above you, maybe in your particular position that says we got to do it fast and we got to do it now. And it's gotta be, you know, volume, lots of it. And, uh, those are the enemies of really doing an effective job. Um, one of the things that comes to my mind, I know Doug Kesey and his group, whenever we were at the North American Mission Board, put together a piece. I think it was after 9-11, and it was about our ministries there. It was the first thing that we saw go viral, and it but it had been done in a very effective montage way of our... Of not only the needs in the city of New York and so forth, but the ministries is that's what I'm I'm remembering. It's been a long time. But it went to 20,0, 300,000, like within a few days and of downloads. And this was even in the early days of that kind of technology being available. And I just saw that as a that was a quality piece. It was a it was it was resonating. If we had just thrown it together as a talking head type of thing, I don't think it would have been downloaded. I, and I don't know if that's the best example, but I do know that people are affected by the commitment of our missionaries, the the, uh, the commitment to God and and to their ministry and to their people that they're trying to reach. And if you don't stop and tell that story and listen to that story every once in a while, then we're missing out.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you. Very fit words. And Ron, let me say thank you again, not only for your tremendous kingdom impact, but your individual impact on my life. Thank you for, oh, well, for all that you mean to us. That's gratifying. Thanks. Jim.
0: Ron, wow. This has been a good time. This has been really good. <laughs> and I enjoy these last few minutes listening to the two of you uh, talk back and forth. Um, it's just been a very rich moment. Um, so Ron, thank you so much for, for being with us today. Thanks again to Doug for making all this happen. Without him, we definitely would not have met together today. And as always, thanks to all of you for joining us.